Whoa, what's up, everybody? Fan View Live, Real Fans Talk Sports, New Orleans Tech Network. I'm t- ah, New Orleans Talk Network. I'm that boy, Fred. G Sports in the building. I'm a good advance. <clears throat> Florida State in the building, y'all. Greedy was good with you, man. Welcome to Fan View Live. Appreciate it. Thank you for the spotlight me. is on today. Long time coming. Long time coming. Supposed to Ben had him on. Yeah. Since last year. Like, but it, everything takes its time. Yeah. Everything has its toll. And by the way, I was drinking a lot of Remy Martin last week. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell is not better than Jimmy Butler. Got to put it out there. <laughs> you know, G Spot, I drink, always drink something. I, I've evolved from Bleach, baby. I've I've advanced past bleach. I can't I can't mess with that Remy Martin though. I was on something. Yeah, yeah I'm watching Jimmy Buckets out there putting up 41. I definitely retract those words. We don't have to archive that. Yeah. <laughs> don't have to archive it. Don't have to do that. Listen, welcome everybody. Subscribe to Fanview Live. Listen, subscribe to our page if you on Facebook. Subscribe to Fanview Live if you on YouTube. Subscribe to Fanview Live. It's Fanview Nola. Subscribe to Fanview Live if you on IG. Don't forget we on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're on every social media platform you could think about. We're also on every podcast you could think about each and every Thursday for noon. We get this show on and popping. We got so much to get into. We're going to be talking about Chris Paul. We're going to be talking about some Drew Brees late in the show. And we're going to be talking a lot of NBA playoffs in the East and the Western Conference. But before we start all of that off, we got to talk to Greedy. We got to talk about how his life in Tallahassee. How things are going to be shaping up for you in your career. Greedy, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, um, how you decided to you know, pick up football and just to educate the audience on you know, who you are and, and, and the position you play and, and what have you. So since I was like four years old, I started playing football uh, growing up, just watching a lot of football. I always watched a lot of football. My dad kept around me. Um, I started off Watch a lot of things? No, just I was just talking about football in general. Like, gotcha. I was never big. I'm, I'm a Giants fan. I've Ooh. been a Giants fan since twelve, since, since 2012. Gotcha. Watching the but, salsa, um, big Yeah, but we're, I was playing receiver, so that's when Ruben Randall had got drafted there. And yeah. that was my favorite receiver. Second then, round. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then after that, that's when Odell ended up going there too. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'm a big Giants fan. So that that's that's what made me a Giants fan. But I started off playing receiver, then I had, like, two cousins that went uh, power five. One played senior year only, and he had, like, 30 offers or something, and he ended up going to LSU, and his brother went to TCU. So I was training with them, and I just ended up playing DB. My daddy made me start playing DB. Gotcha. So that's how that started. So, uh, you know, I know you played your first year at Louisville, man. Um, what, two years at Louisville? Sorry. Yeah, two. First two years at Louisville. Uh, you, you got a lot of playing time last year. I think you might have started with four or five games. This past season, uh, you had some good moments, man. I know the season ain't go like you wanted. Mm-hmm. And then after the season, man, you decided to get in the transfer portal and head to Tallahassee to, you know, to go play for Mike Norville and, you know, the Florida State Seminoles, man. Talk about that transition, man, leaving Louisville and staying in the conference. Right. Going to Florida State and, and, and how you feel uh, your career is going to kind of change uh, for the better, you know, now that you're in Tallahassee. Well, one for the con- I wanted to come back to the con. I was thinking about going to the SEC, mm-hmm. but I was like, I was like, like I owe some, like I owe some teams back because I had gave up two touchdowns with NC State, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like, I just felt like 
I just wanted to be like have a stamp on my name in that conference, like mm-hmm. like like how AJ Terrell somebody had it. Mm-hmm. But the process has been smooth though, and I got to Florida State. Everything was going good. It's still going good. Um, they took me in like I was already there three years. Um, I get along with the players real good. It was. It's just like it's just a good environment to be around. If that makes sense. Right. Um, right. Right. And I, then your familiarity with Jakai Douglas, you know, just camp circuit and you know mm-hmm. working out together and stuff like that. Um, how comfortable did he make it for you, you know, before you made a decision to come to Tallahassee? Jakai was a big reason why I made it because I, I was calling him on the phone. He was like, like what you waiting for? Like, right, right. It's taking you so long. <laughs> the recruiting process begins. So, and then when I when I committed, I was like, I want him to be my roommate. So that's right, how we ended up right. being roommates. And we just took off from there. That's it wasn't nothing like, it was like no weird feeling, nothing. It was yeah. like I already been there. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Right, and that's the that's the fun part about you know college and this recruiting thing now. You know, y'all kind of have free agency now. Right. You know, when I came up watching college football, and when me and G was in college, yeah, that wasn't really the case. If you wanted to transfer in your conference or you wanted to transfer, that wouldn't happen. You wouldn't go on from ACC to ACC. You yeah. went from ACC to JUCO, yeah. back to ACC or whatever conference you yeah. did. You didn't necessarily have that permission to just go from here and go to here, right. but. To add, to add upon that, you know, how hard was the decision for you to actually put yourself in the portal and, and want to leave Louisville? Oh, it wasn't hard at all. <laughs> it wasn't. It was like, it was like, it was like, I got to get it from around here. Like, it's, it's like, <laughs> I'm not trying to make it seem like it was a bad thing, but I'm right. just saying, like, just not, just like, I just had to go. Like, you had to go. Right. But I made sure, like, like I had all, everything situated before I made my move, though. So, right, right. It, it, you might you might be saying it's a, it's a it was a personal and plus a business decision to yeah. make the decision that you made. And I think a lot of you guys now are being asked to make a lot of this. Not that not that it's different in y'all era of college football, but the rules are different. Right. And so y'all are being asked to make some decisions that I think even previous generations had to make, but not in the fashion y'all have to make them in. Mm-hmm. Y'all got so much spotlight on y'all with social media and everything else. Y'all decisions are very much what I would call scrutinized mm-hmm. um, to a higher level because everyone gets the chance to talk about it on a daily and consistent basis and not give y'all the opportunity to like, you know what? I came here and this wasn't the best decision mm-hmm. and this is what I want to do. But I'm surprised to hear that you said it was easy. Yeah, yeah. it was. Oh. <laughs> um, Florida State is probably, you know, it got to be a top five, top seven prestigious program in the country when you talk about football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up watching Florida State, man. Peter and, Ward, and, baby. Yeah, man. I mean, they, they've, they've had some uh, historic teams and uh, a lot of Hall of Famers come through that mm-hmm. um, through that program. And so over the last four or five years, Florida State is not the Florida State of old. It's, it's not what we used to seeing. We always used to see in Florida State a top 10, top 5 team in the country. That has not been the case right? over the last four or five years. Um, since you've been there, you know, I think this is Norville's third year. Uh, right. what, what, does it ha- what has to happen, Jamie, in your mind, for Florida State to get back to that historic, prestigious, you know, history-led you know, uh, program like it used to be years ago when you know, Bobby Bowden was leading that ship? Well, one, I think it's just like, like when I got there, like you could feel like the historic like energy in the building, like mm-hmm. all this, like the, just the tradition. I think, like it's a lot, like it's a lot of stuff that come, like come with losing, like it just be so like negative. But like I think 
like just getting to appreciate like what program you're in, like understanding yep. what you yep. like what you're around, and just believing in what whatever the coach trying to do. So like, what I wasn't done. So whatever the reason was behind them losing, clearly it's it's most likely changing because when I'm around, I hear a lot of stuff like, like uh, like man. This ain't nothing like last year. Like right. we doing way right. right. You know, right. it's like a lot of positivity. Right. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And I think like that's what the team's starting to realize. Like I'm at I'm really at Florida State or like I really a part of this. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? So right. they appreciate it more. Right, right. I think too, sometimes, man, when in college sports, particularly in football, when a head coach leaves one university and goes to another university, especially like a school like Florida State. Correct. They expect the, the 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 winning and the the success to come immediately. fast. Immediately, and sometimes, man, you gotta wean them them bad cancers out out of that program. Yeah, yep. and you gotta get your, your players, and get your players in. Yeah, and it takes a little while. Sometimes it may take two or three years. Right, and no, not Norville is going into year three. Right, you know, I think you see Florida State take that next step. Well, when Jermaine came to the spring game, he just went first round. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine yeah, Johnson. Yep. When he came to the spring game, they was interviewing him and they asked him like, "What's so different about this team, like this year?" Yeah. He was like, "They they have zero cancers." So in my head, that's what I'm guessing what the problem was. Right. And a lot of coaches was telling me that in the recruiting process, saying like, "You know, we had dealt with cancers and we still trying to work on getting them out." But I mean, for the most part, I feel good around that now. Yep. Yep. Not to mention. Into action, maybe actually this question. Speaking on like cancers, mm-hmm. sometimes when you come into a situation like at Florida State, where the, the winning success hasn't happened, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of those cancers could be attributed to a lot of guys trying to work, focus on their draft status, yep. trying, yeah. trying to yep. think about taking this to the professional level, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily working out. But in, in that process, they're probably not thinking about winning. They're not thinking about their teammates. They're yeah. not thinking about everything that's going on because they haven't been win. Because they haven't been winning though. Right. Right. So that's where it come from. And then they go to, like, winning, I mean, losing, messing up relationships with coaches and yep. trust. And then winning, I mean, losing come with, like, uh, connections and relationships on a team becoming, like, interfered with right. and stuff. So all that stuff build up. It, it's it's a whole – I didn't seen it. Like, <laughs> Yo, I seen right, it for right. real. Like, See yeah. what you're on the eyes. You're yeah. just like, wow, this is really happening. Yeah. And, and, then, just, and then especially, like, what you coming from a – Prestigious program like Edna Carr, right? You know, you're not used to losing, right? And you you used to things being done a certain way. That's right. what you're accustomed to. So, you know what it looks like, right? Yeah, yeah. But I it, know they feel like too. Like, man, I can't even explain. Like one time we had a practice at Florida State, and the defense was just like just cutting up, like right. And it was just like, damn. And then Coach Novell was like, "That's a Florida State practice," but like that was like the first time I've been a part of a practice in a long time where you like felt it, like yeah, right. the yeah. energy, the yeah. energy, is infectious. Yeah, yeah. Speaking about you know, how's your time have been so far? Just being in Tallahassee, like just the environment, the culture around us. How has all that been changed for you? I'm just taking it all in. I don't really do much. Uh, I stay in my room a lot of times, but like I just enjoy the weather for the, and the food. Getting smashed on the game. Yeah, that too. I play. Got lose sometimes in the game, but sometimes. Yeah, that's it. And I want to lose too much. We're gonna talk about much. our matchups. Oh Lord, we're gonna talk about that. We're he ain't played me in two years. Oh, it's a reason why we ain't played in two years. We gonna play. We gonna play when I get back to school. Oh my but god. The environment. It's a good environment. It's a, it's a real college school, a college town, whatever you want to call it. They got a lot of nice people and stuff around there. But for the most part, I just be inside. But it is nice though. Yeah, I want to talk about. 
Week one. I knew he was about to say that. You got to bring it up. Got to bring it up, baby. Got to bring week it up. Week one is so highly anticipated. When the schedule dropped and everybody saw that Florida State is playing LSU. LSU. I already knew that two, like two, three months prior before that. Before that, because when I jumped in the portal, I was on a Zoom call with our DC, mm-hmm. and then he was like, uh, "You know, we coming down in New Orleans, huh?" So I was like, "Who y'all playing?" And then he was like, "LSU." And my daddy is on the sofa. Come on. And he was like. <laughs> it's up Yeah So I, that That, that would mm. kind of Help make my decision too Yeah, like, yeah. And we had somebody On the show A couple of weeks back Saying you know Yeah You, you, you a target Yeah right. He looking for it Currently So you looking forward To going against Jamie Vance In, 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 in the rebuttal Yeah Yeah that's cool yeah. That's cool I don't You know I don't be done all that But Yeah We gonna play Week one yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just I just went to The spring game and right, I, and I saw I, you though. I yep. saw I saw Frank, and I was talking to Frank. I was like, "Look, Frank Wilson." Yeah, I was yeah. like, "Y'all gonna pay for what y'all did?" Uh, <laughs> he, was like, he was like, "Don't do me that! Don't do me that!" I was gone. I'm like, ah, "But still, dude. but still, just talking, <laughs> right. just right. talking." But. I, you know, I think that stuff back from because Kyron Lacey did say you uh, were one of the best DBs he ever went against, man. and you know, I remember that Houston camp, man. That was one of the, your best performances. You know, I've I seen a lot of camps that you was at. Right. And what you did at that Houston camp was just unbelievable. Right. And then you switched on offense and they played receiver. Right. So, you know, uh, I think Coach Etheridge was there at the time still, huh? Yeah, he was there. And, and they were just going crazy behind behind your performance at the camp. And I think that still sticks out in current mind, mm-hmm. you know, how you you know how you guard him, you know, even Ja'Kai. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think he just won a little payback. Yeah, that's you know, cool. From, from back then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, uh. But yeah, man, week one in the dome, um, in your hometown. Uh, the last time you played that was in the state championship mm-hmm. for Edna mm-hmm. Carr, holding that trophy yo. Mm-hmm. Talk about the emotions, man. Uh, playing on, the, on that stage, man, it, it, on a Sunday, prime time game against LSU, like the LSU Tigers. Man, what's gonna be going through your mind, man? And and, and how you feel like y'all are gonna fail against LSU? How I feel like we gonna fail one. It's like. We, I'm not gonna say we're not worrying about the game, but as of right now, like everybody's still talking about, like so caught up in the media and the, like right now we just as a team we just working on like still striving to like you know just become a better team. Right. And then we'll get to that when that time come. But as far as me personally, like I've been thinking about it since I got on the phone. Like I've been thinking about it really. Like that was gonna be another reason I went to the SEC just so right. I could play them. Right. Right. But like it ended up working in my favor. Because I still get to play them two years because mm-hmm. we play them again next year. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's like, it, what more could you ask for? Like, it's yeah. in your city. Like, when we land, we gonna land, Kenner. That's where I'm from. Right. right. We gonna ride right down I right. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. It's at nighttime. It ain't. No, it ain't no like. It ain't nothing more that you can ask, no right. so. ask for. But it's gonna be crazy though. It's gonna be real crazy. It's I know your dad good. ain't gonna be losing his mind. He gonna be man. He gonna be bad yes. enough. Probably yes. my whole family. Yes, yes. I can't wait. Me too. I, I'm, listen, man. Florida State has a lot of expectations. Even though the the, the program has not had had the success in recent memory, you got to think about it. Back in twenty, I think twenty thirteen, they won the national champ. I think they're the first team that won the BCS. Yeah, I mean, they beat Auburn, right? Yeah, with James, huh? Yeah, James, that was his freshman James. Year. Yep, James first, James um, raised freshman year with the year he won the Heisman. Yep. They won, the, they won the national championship, mm-hmm. and so I think as a program, there's still a lot of prestige and expectations mm-hmm. for Florida State. 
Um, and I think Florida State can measure up to those expectations. Obviously, in the ACC, there's a couple of teams that you got to start poking at. Obviously, Clemson is the big dog. Man. Um, Clemson has got, you know, everyone is out for Clemson. I think Miami with their new head coach, um, I think the head co- uh, Crystal Ball. Yeah, yeah, from Oregon. Crystal, from Morgan, yeah. From Morgan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you got to expect <clears throat> some changes over there. And so, I don't know what's going on with Virginia Tech. I think NC State is in and out each and every year. Virginia got a new head coach. Virginia got a new head coach. Yep. And so, it's really up for grabs. It's up for grabs. I, I know Wake Forest was, was – they, they won a conference last year. Yeah, they, um, they came out real good. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you got to expect them to come back, uh, you know, as one of the better teams. But I, I really think the ACC is up for grabs this year. Yeah. yeah. I think ACC, you know, obviously, like I said, I think the road still still goes to Clemson because of the, their previous success in the devil. But No, they, I don't think so. I don't know, man. No. I don't know. I played against Clemson. I don't know, man. I don't know. But it was crazy, though. Well, just from what you said, I don't think so, but – like like he said, Wake Forest probably NC State, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, Pitt, but Pitt loses loses uh, Kenny Pickett. Yeah. To, to the draft, so they yep. lose yeah, the they lose the, the yep. player that that helped launch. The, yep. Pittsburgh is not going to be a team season after season. Right. But Clemson would be under Dabo Sweeney and the type of recruits that possibly can come through Clemson. Obviously, none of these guys are Trevor Lawrence, and they're not Deshaun Watson. Right. Yeah. But I'm speaking about their previous success of what they did in. The guys that came out of Clemson, their team currently may not be what we call top five or top ten, you know, right. but the, the coaching and, the, and losing Brett Venables to Oklahoma, I think, is a big loss to Clemson. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's really up for grabs in my mind on ACC. You're really not going to know who one of the better teams in that conference probably to like week six, week five. Yeah. In my mind. In my a mind. huge – but I want to – my last question for you is, some personal goals for you for this year. What is some personal that you think you we, – we're talking a lot about team success. I know we should always put team, you know, have it with somebody want to do individually. But no one goes to practice and go to work every day not to have some individual achievements in mind. Right. You know, that's the reason why you put all those days in the, in the gym. That's the reason why you put days in training, you know, to have some individual. What do you see yourself individually trying to achieve for yourself? Uh, well, one, I graduated in December – Congratulations, big time. Uh, two. Like I always like had dreams of like doing three years and all, but if if I don't, then clearly it's just not the time. But mm-hmm. if I if that's the case, then I just gotta get the ball more. I know this spring I had got a lot of turnovers. This is probably the most turnovers I've had like since I was at like at high school, like called my senior. Year. Mm-hmm. I had like six turnovers in spring, and that spring was only like two weeks, right? Like, three weeks. So just you- imagine the season. But what you was about to say? I said, what would you think attribute to the helping you get those, those those turnovers? I think it's just it's a, like a lot of people always think it's something about football, but it's really it's really outside of football. Like just living right, like just like how how you have a routine throughout your day, right. like stuff like that. Like I didn't make like a routine to my life, and that just make me feel so much smoother going into like football. football. Not everything organized, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You can just play the game because you you know you're not thinking about. Everything else, Everything whatever, else, whatever, whatever it, it is. is, right? So that's what I really think it is. But um, just getting the ball, playing with a lot of effort, playing with my teammates, um, nothing too crazy. That's all. That's it. So, Jamie, I mean, just looking at some of these, you know, DBs that went in the first round this year, you know, Stingley, uh, Sauce Garner from Cincinnati. Think what was it four corners that went first round? I I think it's four. Um, I think it might have been, been four. But 
you know, my question is, just looking at the landscape of the cornerback position right. and how, you know, it's it's being looked at as a primary position in, in, in football and more than ever before. You see, you see, they get paid. 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 They get in that bag. You right. know what I mean? People, people. Who just recently signed that extension? I forgot. Jaya. 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 From the pack. Right. Right. If you if you could play man to man coverage, you gonna get a bag. Yeah. Yeah, that's just what it is. So when you look at the landscape of how the cornerback position is viewed, and you know, and the type of player you are, you always been a great man to man corner. Right. Always been a great man to man corner. Uh, what are some things, man? You feel like that you need to like kind of hone in on to take your game to another level. Whether it's you know working on zone, whether it's eye discipline, whether it's your feet, mm-hmm. you know, press man, whatever, off man. Well, you always been good at off man. But what are some things you feel like you can hone in on, man, to take that? Next step. Uh, I think just winning, like, just winning the battle just as far as, like, my hands and feet. I, I don't know how to answer that question. Like, just winning, just competing. Because, like, it's a lot of times where now it's a tough point to where I don't even think about what I want to do no more. I just be playing football. Right. So if I lose the rep, it just gets to a point to where I just got to be mentally like, okay, he just won that one. Right, right. Not like... Oh damn! I didn't do this. Oh, right. I didn't do this. So it's like more organized now. So like, I I just be playing football now. But you really gotta have a short term memory. Yeah, you yeah. do. You yeah. do. Yeah. And I was watching um, I was watching Jalen Ramsey interview, and he was just talking about like his postseason, like playoffs, and going to the Super Bowl, and how he was like, like when he was talking about like what he was doing, he wasn't saying like he was saying stuff about his technique, but he was a lot of his stuff he was saying about his mentality, like. Like, man, he caught one ball, and I was hot. Like, that's what he was saying. Like, right. that's the type of mentality I'll be having. Like, I don't be wanting people to catch the ball on me. But if they do catch the ball on me, then we just got to go back again. Right. I'm going to be checking you for full quarters. Yeah. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah. So, yeah. you feel like you the type of corner that could, that could follow the team. Yes. Yeah. I already, I already talked to my coaches about Number that. one. Number CB1. You, but you, you, you see it. That say a lot about the mentality because, man – when you talk, when I talk to different guys around in college football and in the league, they'll say, "Man, our best corner don't want to travel." Why? He, they 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 afraid of you know hurting their stock going and into then, the draft. Another thing I really love about Coach G. Florida State, I I play both. I play nickel and slot. Yeah. I mean nickel and, and outside. outside. Yeah. So it's and that's not something like, we, we used to talk about too when you was at Louisville. Yeah. They only made you play nickel. But they, no, they they made me play down, but only on third down though. Gotcha. But like. So I know the players at corner and I know that nickel. So like if they best guy doing both, then I could do both. Right. But yeah, I, I had talked to my DC and I asked him like, can I follow the best receiver? And then he was like, if I earn it, then he'll give it to me. Right. So it's up to me. Right. And that adds so much value to you, Jamie, because a lot of the time, you know, when you when I'm looking at the draft right. and, and, and looking at some of these scouting reports on some of these corners, you know, they'll say something like, Well, all he can play is nickel. Right. All he can play is outside. And when you see those corners that could, that could travel, travel and play outside and play nickel, right? you know what I'm saying, you can move around and have that versatility, it just adds to their stock so much more. So, you know, I think that's going to pay off big for you um, in the ACC, man, and, 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 and your progression going forward, being able to have that versatility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's going to pay huge dividends, especially if, you know, if, especially if a player wants it. Right. You know, they want and they're putting the work in, and you see the outcomes. You see the body. You see everything that you're putting in. You see the out, and you see the production. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to pay huge dividends. I think, again, when you're talking about the draft, we lead to some of these corners. Think about some of the guys that got drafted 
you know, in prior years. I mm. mean, we talking about I think Lamarcus Joyner yep. came out of Florida State. Yep. PJ Williams, who plays for the Saints now, came yep. from Florida State. Mm. Yep. Um, and those guys actually started off at corner. Now they both playing safety. They both playing safety. Yeah. They both playing safety. Yeah. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey is the big brain name. Mm-hmm. But there's been a lot of guys who've come out of Florida State. I mean, I'm talking about DB in recent memory. That Patrick Robinson. Patrick Robinson. Patrick Robinson to play outside and nickel. Yep. Patrick Robinson was the first round pick. Yeah. You know. So yep. there's a lot of guys that came out of Florida State. And I think that gives you huge opportunity because I know people don't want to hear that kind of stuff, but that is the reality. When when you're looking at a drafted player, you want to go back to see who came out of there before them, even though you weren't there at that time, and they could have a whole different coaching yeah. staff and everything else. Yeah. But just the pedigree of the guys that the came history. out. The history. They got – when I be watching film on Exos, like the little app that we got, yeah. they still got, like, film from when Jill and them was there. For real? Like, doing one-on-ones and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So you can go back and watch that. Yeah. Oh, I'll probably be watching that every day. I do sometimes, yeah. but I don't be like it. It didn't got to a point sometimes to where I watch film like probably sometimes too much to it's like I would literally be trying to do like what they doing yeah. instead right. of just like mixing it with what I like doing. Yeah. So yeah. I I fell back off of it a little bit. So so let me ask you this: when because I like to ask DBs this kind of questions. Let's say you was in the NFL right now, right? Yeah. And Hopefully not the Giants. <laughs> right. Say like week one. You going against a receiver like Jamal Chase, and right. then week two you going against somebody like Justin Jefferson, and then week three you going against somebody like DJ Metcalf, right. and then week four you going against somebody like Tyree Hill. That's four different type of receivers. Right. When you going into games like that, going into going against four different receivers with four different you know skill sets, skill sets like that. What's your mindset? How do you go in and and, and prepare for those type of different receivers week in and week out? I'm going to check Jamal. I'm not going to touch him. I'm going to check Je- Justin Jefferson. He, I checked them, them two before. Well, okay. I did releases with them. Right. But I, it'll be. I feel like it's easier to check Justin, Justin Jefferson than Jamal. Mm-hmm. So, For what reason? Because Jamal just like he bigger. He run right through you. He don't do no releases. He just speed release right, speed release level. He gonna run right through you. Right. So I just like stay on top of him. I will try to touch Justin. Uh, who the who the other person is? DK, DK Metcalf. Yeah, I wouldn't touch him neither. But he gonna try to like he gonna he gonna he gonna fall into me. Right. And he then I'll be watching him. I like I'm not saying he not good, but a lot of stuff he really do be unnecessary though. Like mm-hmm. like he try to like he don't try to beat you with skill set. He try to beat you with, like physicality. Yeah, and make, like making you mad, and get you out your game. Like mm-hmm. like a lateral. Yeah, but if you stay poised and you like start locking him down, he gonna start getting mad at himself really. Yeah, because he don't have like a, I I wouldn't I'm not gonna say he doesn't have agility, and I'm not saying he's not a route runner. Right. But that's not his strength. Yeah. yeah. You know that's what he does best is uses his physicality to make the plays versus in his speed because he you know he does have speed. Right. But he uses those things as more strengths to make plays than right. somebody like Justice. That you say you might touch who out of that group of guys we just talked about. I think he's the best route runner right. out of all of them. Right. In terms of, but the thing about in terms Jamie, of footwork at least. Yeah. But the thing about <laughs> Jamie that I've always been impressed with Jamie is so patient at the line. Right. And that's what Justin trying to do. Just trying to give you a lot of sauce mm-hmm. and he trying to get you. He trying to he trying to get that leverage on you. Yeah. And Course. Jamie know. He gonna have good eyes as a plant, yeah. and he gonna be patient. He gonna let you do all that, and then he, yeah, he, he gonna marry you. You know, he gonna he gonna use his technique. And, and, you know what and, I mean? Justin is very great. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> one of the best in the league. Yeah. Who yeah. the last receiver Tyree was? Tyree. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta think about it though. Like 
in the league, ain't no, nobody not playing cover zero on Tyreek Hill, though. Right. It's not happening. Right. No. Right. It's, no, it's not I, happening. It's, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Right. He right. Gonna have, I'm going to have some type of help somewhere. Yeah. 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 So I'm just going to play it to my help. Right. And we're going to play football. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Actually, can you tell it the legend for each? <laughs> Man, <laughs> keep the legend fridge. Goddamn! God yeah, I mean, he single handedly won them the game. Man. Yeah, he Legend. did. Don't do that no more. They backed up too far though. Yeah, they, they gave up way too much ground. Yeah. Um, but before I let you go, Jamie, bro, if you had to name your favorite three corners, college or pros, or even if they retire, I'll go both. I could do both. Okay, Ooh, give, both. Give, me, give me the top three that you, you like, kind of idolize your game or like kind of looked up to. Vernon Hargreaves. Florida. Florida. Uh, who else is real good in college? Sauce Gardner. Uh, J.C. Horn. Mm-hmm. In the league. Darrell Reeves. Mm-hmm. Trevon Diggs. I got to go with Trevon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Like, you know Trevon Diggs gave it the most... Receiving yards, even though he led the league in, in interceptions, he led with the but most receiving yards. The turnover count, G Sports. He is dog, G. Dog, G. Turnover count. I'm just saying, he gave him the most receiving yards. Don't matter. You better, it's, it's better, just, not be led with, better not be led with the ball. It's just crazy how he just get the ball, though. Yeah. I mean, you're a former receiver. Former receiver. No, so. I take that back. I, I'm going to put Tyron Matthew in there for college. I'm going oh, gotcha. to take all JC. I'm going to put Tyron Matthew. Gotcha. gotcha. But gotcha. Uh, in the league, the last person, did I give you two or one? You gave you gave us. I uh, said Darrell Darrell Reeves, Reeves and I said Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs. Mm-hmm. The last person probably would deserve award. Uh, now that's one of my favorite corners. Yeah, I, I I don't think he get enough credit. He don't around the league. He don't, and like from the media, he don't about how good he is. I'm glad that the Browns locked him up and gave him that extension. Too, oh man. yeah, he they, deserved they, every bit of that. Bag. He earned every he bit deserved of that bag. That bag, bro. He he big time. I, I liked him when he came out of Ohio State. I think that was the year before Lattimore. It was, was it? It was after Lattimore. It was after Lattimore? After Lattimore. You sure? Then, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. He came out, Lattimore I came out. He I know came I out wanted, after Lattimore. I wanted the Saints to draft him. I know he that. He came out after Lattimore. Yeah, he must definitely came out after. He came out after. Okay. Okay. He came out after Lattimore. Okay. He came out. Because the other kid, Okuda, Okuda came out after Ward. Gotcha. Okuda went to the Lions third overall. And Ward went the previous year fourth to the Browns. Right. Right, I think before that was was Lattimore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, sad as Eli Apple. <laughs> yeah. But Eli, but by the way, Eli went to the Giants. Yeah, he was, oh man, <laughs> Eli went to the Giants. I but feel it, bad for him, bro. Oh man, he put it on himself. He did. He put it on himself. That's why. That's like why that. you can't do all that stuff on social media, bro. <laughs> he put it on he himself. One thing like I realized that. about Jalen Ramsey, though, like he don't even do that no more. He don't. No, no. He don't. I mean, he gonna still talk his stuff in yeah, the game. Yeah, of course, but I'm talking about like, the lines. like, as far as like, bro, I never understood why people do that. Though, like, like when, like, Jillian, of course, Jalen Ramsey did it, but like, you could tell like he didn't grow up like, yeah, he right, got, like that, that ain't like. And sometimes I think sometimes you see some athletes they be trying to brand themselves, correct, and put themselves in position to to. It never, requires, it, never, it never requires some media. Yeah, it never and, requires and some media. And they know if they come out on social media and say certain things or do certain things, it's going to be publicized. Correct. Everybody going to be talking about them. Right. So, uh, you know, a lot of that plays a, a part into why you see some people do that, in my right. mind. Right. I, I could agree that some of that to brand, to brand something, it requires some marketing or media. It, yeah. it requires something of it. So you do have to put something out there that people can attach to yep. and talk about. 
outside of yourself because without that, it's very difficult to grow and expand the brand without attaching to some form of media or marketing to it. It's just, it's possible, but in today's generation, it's, it's extremely, extremely difficult. So yeah. I get why some people do it. Right. Whether it's good or bad media, good or bad marketing, you need it. Right. You know, it's, it's, you're kind of almost self-dependent on it. So I got why they, why some athletes do it, um, but some of it has a, some That's of it big. can take a turn. It has some consequences. Got some, got, got, some, got, some, got some consequences about it. Definitely. Definitely. Jamie, man, look. Listen. I can't wait to the week one matchup in the dome being a builder, I can't man. wait to see this <laughs> thing, bro. Uh, man, I'm proud of you, man. The progression I've seen from you since that, that, that 10th grade year, what well, a 9th grade year we had to sit out. Mm-hmm. Oh, was a 10th grade year. It was 10th grade. 10th grade year we had to sit out. Um, I, I never forget, man, that first count. Tulane. Yeah. And I remember calling... Your coach, your DB coach, Jared Jones, is saying, "Bro, Jamie gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Jamie just came here and locked up everybody at the camp, and he got an offer, and he ain't even got no film, right? And so ever since that camp, I knew, man, uh, that you was gonna have a, a really successful career, man. Keep doing your thing, mm-hmm. uh, um, keep keeping, keep, keep um, keeping God first, bro, and, and staying a, um, a student of the game like you are. Yeah, and I know good things are on your way, bro. Appreciate it. Listen, what I gotta tell you, I'm gonna be forward with you. I know we, you know, we had Kyrie on the show, but the guy's Keyshawn. <laughs> if, you, Keyshawn if, 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 you, if you can put a performance on against him, because to me, he's the best receiver in college football this year. That's no. He's not? No. It's arguable. Jackson's the dude from Ohio State, number yeah. 11. Yep. Julian Fleming. They still Fleming. got Jordan Addison. Yep, Addison. Addison, yeah. No, they got two dudes from Ohio though. State. I don't know. I don't know where he going. No, I don't think he made a decision yet. But I think USC is supposed to be. I know Bam was trying to get him too. Yeah. Right. Uh, the Jackson Smith and the Jigba dude, not not Flemings. It was a, it was another one. Slot receiver. Oh yeah, he got the funny last name. Yeah, yeah. They talking about he's supposed to be going like top ten next year. But yeah. Julian Fleming, I, I listen. He did good. He played a little bit last year, but mm-hmm. I I think Julian Fleming gonna be mm-hmm. the guy that that nobody talking about. I think yeah. he gonna be like probably the number one receiver to me. I mean. Booty put up 300 yards against yeah, Ole Miss. Yeah, <laughs> definitely up there. I ain't, I ain't disputing that. <laughs> I ain't disputing I'm just saying it ain't just clear cut. It's not – he's my – he would be probably my pick. Right. And I watch a lot of college football. Mm-hmm. And those other guys are very good too. These guys I competed against already though. Mm-hmm. Like so you my, know. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. my senior high school, well, the LSU camp, yeah, I, could, I won against him. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, if you could – Florida State, LSU, week one – I would definitely say this. If if, if Floyd State is not going to come out with a victory, but, man, if he is limited on receptions and, and, and plays. They're going to have a hard game. Yeah. 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 Can't wait for can't, it. I can't wait for it, man. Can't, man, I can't wait to cough a bucket back. Bro. Yeah. It's going to be right around the corner quick. Yeah. Quick. Can I see what Harbaugh do? Oh. Okay. Don't get me started. Man, should have went up north, man. Should have called Harbaugh, man. Too cold. Jamie ain't, he ain't mess with that cold now. Nah. I understand. I hate Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't messing with that cold now. I get it, man. Listen, I get it. I fully understand. Nobody trying to go in Auburn. I get it, man. Listen, man, Jamie, listen, we appreciate you having no fan of you live, man. Let's stay tuned in. Stay locked in, man. We're looking forward to you and your success, man. We, like I said, we, root for you. we have a lot of athletes that come on in this show, man. And trust me, a lot of we, – we're rooting for a lot of you guys. And a lot of these athletes that came on this show, some of them have now – are now in the pros. Yeah. Right. yeah. A lot of them are in the pros. We talked about we had Amik, we had Puka, we've had Terrence Marshall. Yeah. I mean, yep. we had a lot of these guys that were 
and we talked to these guys when they was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. man, you know, I mean, Greg Brooks, who's now, you know, mm-hmm. at LSU. I be training with G. That's my dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He put the work in, bro. You could, you could, you could, you could get his body. Yeah, he got a good year coming up. Yep. Yep. Sure. Yep. Listen, Jamie, listen, we appreciate you having you, man. Appreciate y'all. <sighs> man. Now we got to talk about this Drew Brees segment. Yeah, we got to get into Drew. We got to talk about gotta Drew. Get Drew we got to get into Drew. I don't know what's up with Drew. Yeah, Jamie. You good? Yeah, I'm sure. All right. All right, y'all. Appreciate it, baby. All right. Appreciate you, dog. Thanks. All right, dog. Yeah, yo, we got to talk about Drew. We got to talk about Drew. We got to talk about Drew. We ain't going to let Drew off the hook. We ain't going to do that. We got to talk about Drew Brees, NBC. And like, share the page, guys. If you guys are tuning in right now, if you're on FanView Live, like us on Facebook, share the share the link, share the page. If you're on YouTube right now, like, hit the like button, hit that notification button if y'all watching us on YouTube right now too. We deeply, deeply appreciate it. And but G Sports, we know what we do around here. We had that Saints segment, we had that Saints talk. We got to have that conversation um, about Drew Brees, and it is what it is. You know, let's talk about let's talk about um, Drew Brees. Drew Brees came out earlier this this week mm-hmm. and announced that he's no longer going to be uh, an analyst with NBC. And since that report, the rumors have started. G Sports, yep. rumors have started. He came out there on Twitter saying, you know, he don't know what he's what, what his future holds. He don't know if he wants to play football again. That's the one I've read. More importantly, you know, he don't know if he wants to be a dad. He wants to be a businessman. I think there's a lot of endeavors for Drew Brees. But G Sports, would you want to see Drew Brees put them shoulder pads and that jersey back on and come back to the Saints organization as a quarterback? Is that something that you would like to see? The only way I would love to see Drew Brees come back and put a Saints uniform on and get behind Sonny is if they come out with a report and say that Jameis Winston rehab is uh, behind schedule, and he won't be ready for the first three, four weeks of the season. Okay. If something like that happens, where Jameis has a setback, right, going into the season, yeah, I would welcome Drew Brees with open arms. But if Jameis is online to start week one, yeah, Drew Brees, stay on your couch, <laughs> stay on, stay on the NBC network, you know, commentating and doing whatever that you're doing with right. TV, right. Go coach your kids. <laughs> go open up all these new businesses that you're opening up. Stay in that lane. Expand because, the walk-ons, baby. Because even though I have a big question mark with Jameis Winston, and I'm still not sold on him as the as our future, right? We gotta give him the opportunity to have a season with these weapons. Gotcha. I agree. With this team that we have assembled, and see what he can do. Right. We we owe him that. Right. We owe him that. And so, uh, you know. That's no disrespect to Drew Brees. Drew Brees is great. Uh, he brought us a Super Bowl. Yep. He's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Yep. But sometimes that chapter is closed. Correct. And sometimes we have, you have to move on. Agreed. Regardless of how great he is. And so with the weapons that we got with Deontay Harris and Chris Olave, people that can stretch the defense. Right. And, and, and we need somebody that can throw the ball 
more than 20 yards down the field. Correct. Drew Brees is incapable of that. So the, the man when got surgery, G Sports. I heard I, there was a report out there that thinking he got shoulder he got shoulder surgery. And that's fine. That's fine, Drew. But we owe this to Jameis. I got and you. And if Jameis is healthy for week one, we gotta go with Jameis. Here's my position on this. And now I'm in agreement with you if Jameis can't start the season because at that point in time you're left with Andy Dalton. And I'm sorry, um the red head ain't gonna cut it for me. Uh, I'll take Drew Brees in the day of the week. But if, obviously if Jameis Winston is eligible to play week one, I don't want to see Drew Brees on the sidelines. Here's the thing I have. I get it. Brady announced his retirement, decided to come back. And I know we start – I think we're going to be in a generation where we start seeing 40-plus-year-old quarterbacks still playing football. We've, we we was in a generation where by the time you got near 40, you was done. When you start thinking about 35 – we're kind of like saying you got a season, maybe two or three left, and this is gonna this is this chapter of football is closed, and we're starting to see athletes condition themselves better. Where well, we're gonna start seeing guys like Aaron Rodgers and whoever follows him. Not every one of them, because I don't think Matt Ryan can play that long. But we're gonna start seeing more athletes right. play into those later years, and, and that's due to conditioning. They're being hit a little less. They're probably still being sad, but hit less. The injuries are not there. But I don't think that's the case for Drew. I think Drew. I think his love for the game of football, to me, there's nothing else really Drew can achieve in football. Obviously, uh, he hasn't achieved an MVP, which is something that he won't achieve even if he came back. And obviously, I think he wants to compete in the second Super Bowl. I think he would have loved to have that on his resume in history. But it's what you said. At some time, this is closed. And you play too much of an important of a position. I get it. We've seen Jason Witten go in the boot. And come back down and, and, and play some football, right? Yeah. We seen Rob Gronkowski take a year off and come on back at a later age, right? They play a different position. They play tight end, so it's different, right? We're talking about quarterback, and what I don't want to see for my for my guys who I appreciate watching playing football, I don't want to see this Brett Favre shit that you can't let this game go, right? Each and every year, you got to. They had to fly people out here to Mississippi to. Players and coaches. That's a, man, you got to get you to come back. Man, this, this shit's over. It's over. It's over. And so it is time to allow these young quarterbacks who work their behind off, who put all this work in, to have an opportunity to play this game. You threw for 80,000 yards, 500-plus touchdowns, highest completion percentage ever in, in, the, in history of football. There's nothing else I need to see from you on that football field. Nothing else. I've, I was already in awe. It's time to watch these young guys handle their business. At the quarterback position, again, if if we got to go out there with Andy Dalton, I don't want to see that. I'd rather have Drew. But if but if, if Jameis Winston is, is eligible and able to play and there's nothing wrong with the with the knee and everything else, call it quits. Now, if you want to help the team or come out there and try to you know assist on the sidelines and the coaching idea, whatever the case be. I'm off of that, but I don't want to see show the I don't want to see shoulder pads and helmet. Right, I'm out. I'm just out. I'm out on the shoulder pad helmet idea. If it's between him and Dalton, so be it. I'd rather have Drew. But if it's Jameis Winston there, and I don't care how bad Jameis plays, I'm, I'm out on the, the shoulder pad and helmets. It's now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta, I gotta stop you right there. So, I'm talking about, I'm talking about regarding Drew Brees. If Jameis got there play bad. I don't want to see Drew Brees. Hold up, hold up. I gotta stop you right there. I don't see so, you mean to tell me Jameis come out here first four games of the season, we 0-4, he didn't throw 
six interceptions. And four touchdowns. And three touchdowns. I don't want to see Drew. You telling me you wouldn't I, consider. I don't want to see Drew. Bringing Drew in. I don't want to see Drew. I don't want to see Drew. I don't. I just don't. I just don't. Woo. I just don't. I, I, I Listen, I, I don't know. I just don't. If I could refrain myself from not picking up the phone or call you. Now, I will say this. If that does occur, the rumors are going to be there and they're going to be on and popping. They're going to be on and popping because you got to think of, we got to think about the, the supporting cast there now. You got to think about if Michael Thomas is out here playing, obviously Alvin Kamara won't be there. But if if Juice is out there looking like a shoreable number two, Chris Olave is out here making some plays, but obviously Jameis is turning over the football. You gonna create your own rumor report, brother? And I, but I don't want to see Drew and Shorter passing helmet. So if we start off zero and seven, the season over. <laughs> so I don't need to see Drew. Drew can't come save us. If you zero and seven, you got ten more regular season games. You gotta have to win what nine nine or ten of those games to have a conversation about the playoffs. I'm I don't not, need to see Drew either. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> if we start off zero and four and Jameis is stinking it up, I, I probably would get Drew a call. I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't gonna lie to you. Cause we can't let all this talent go to waste. <laughs> we can't do it. We we signed Tyron Matthew. We signed Jarvis Landry. We had a hell of a draft. Yeah. We got some pieces in place. place. We can't just let this all go to waste. We gotta make something happen. So look, that's the But I'm I'm gonna be a believer and be optimistic and say, I believe that Jameis ain't gonna let us down. I still I'm I'm not confident You're when not I com- say that. Right. But I'm just gonna go and ride with Jameis. Right. I'm going to ride with him and hope that he brings us to the promised land this year. Now, now I'm not saying he got to go out and win us a Super Bowl this year. No. It would be nice. Nice. But I'm not saying that. But he has to show that he is one of the better quarterbacks in the league this year. I, I will say this. And I'm going to read this comment right quick. Uh, Michael Thomas said this. If they told me that he found the fountain of youth and he was six or seven years younger than Breeze, definitely should come back. Uh, guys don't find the fountain of youth, which is – I wish they did, but it's it's so hard to want that to, for what you watched. I'm the, I'm just like you say, like you always say, G Sports. What do your eyes tell you? What your eyes tell you. <laughs> what your eyes tell you. What they tell you. And the eyes tells me he's the most accurate quarterback under 15 yards. But once we talk about past 15 yards, brother, we got a little noodle at you, <laughs> and the ball is not getting there with the velocity it needs to get there with. And you could tell Dennis Allen. Is not really feeling it. He's not feeling it. And I, I, he ain't feeling my, it. And my thing is, he ain't this, my it. thing is this though: Why did Drew even put that out there? Even if that's how you feeling, why would you want to put all that controversy and start all these rumors, rumors around the team? Right, knowing that Jameis is going into this season, you know, preparing himself to yeah, be the guy. Like, I don't even. You out the way? Yeah, I, I, I really feel like it was bad timing by Drew. Right. He didn't have to. He didn't have to post that on Twitter. Right. He could have kept that to himself, told it amongst his friends. Nah, if one of his friends wanted to leak it, cool, cool. But why would you come out on Twitter and put that? Because if I'm James Winston, I'm feeling some type of way. I'm yeah. wondering, like, damn, Drew, you feel you feeling like you took your NBC job and say quit the hell with it I, because we 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 are possibly being nah, talked I heard about. NBC ain't won't bring it back. That's what I. That's that's. Some reports that I read. Okay, but but my thing is, if I'm James, I'm like, damn, bro. They done gave me the keys to the Cadillac. Yep. I'm about to take this thing on Highway 90. Yeah. And you trying to stop me in Booty. Yep. 
and then tell me to get in the passenger seat. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, Drew, I I, I just think that that he, he handled this wrong. He handled it wrong. He handled it wrong, man. And I think the wrong, quote that man. he mentioned that he wanted to probably play football at the pro level again yeah. is just, that's wrong. Yeah. And yeah. that's wrong. And you waited till you saw what the Saints did, did. in the crowd, did. signed Jarvis Landry, signed Tyron Matthew, yeah. and now you like, who? Who? I won't be a part of it. Yeah. I just don't agree with it. it, it, it it's unfair to James Winston. And it's unfair to team. And it's unfair to Dennis Allen because now, you know. Yep. The fans. Yep. The fan. You got to worry about how the fans gonna be act, reacting to this. You got to worry about you know what if Mickey Loomis, what if what if Gail Benson say hey says hey get Drew signed get Drew up. Back yep. I'm telling you I want Drew exactly. signed up. Get him exactly. back in the building. Yeah. Put him back on the roster. Yeah. Then it's Allen got to do with Gail Benson. See, baby, Loomis too. Make it happen. So that's like. Drew, you just you handled this wrong. I'm just I'm sorry. You got to call a speed of speed. Yeah, I, I I don't like how he handled it. And to me, it's just a. <clears throat> and the, here's the issue: as a fan of the Saints, I, I'm not gonna be um, satisfied with until we there's a resolution. I'm not gonna be satisfied until there's some sort of confirmation by him or somebody to report that saying that he got another job. These reported surgery on the shoulder and all the other stuff. Listen, man, I don't hear all this. I want to hear that you got another job, man. Listen, did you did you get on NBC? You not on NBC? Did you get on ABC? Where'd you go? Whatever you're doing, you know, I, I don't care if it's reported that you became the, 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 the coach of the, the peewee football organization. I don't care. But it, it ain't going to be right until something is announced by you that does not pertain to you possibly trying to get back on this team as a player. And I, that's the part I don't like because we all know that when you put it out there as a player, you be talking about the Saints organization. We're talking about the Saints. You're not trying to play for anybody else. Ain't like the Saints. I just trying to release your rights or whatever so you go play somewhere else. You're talking about this team, and I don't like it. You're not giving an opportunity to Dennis Allen. You're not giving an opportunity to the guy who's putting putting all his work in for the team. You're not, you, the team is moving on. Yeah. Sean ain't here. You're not here. And it, listen, we love you. And then you know, at some point in time, they, they can put a statue out there yeah. for what you did. That's cool. Yeah. But now, now it's time for us to move on. Now it's time for us to move on. Um, but with all that being said, moving on. Getting to some basketball, G Sports. Before we get into the conference finals, we got to talk about that division around situation. That debacle in Phoenix. Down in the valley. The Mavericks came brought a thunderstorm in the valley. And there's a lot of media coverage this week talking about CP3 in particular. Not talking about Phoenix. CP3. Is CP3 career over? In terms of uh, terms of when I say over, Chris Paul is now I think he's probably now thirty seven years old. And when he I say just made thirty seven, just made thirty seven. When I say over, I mean exactly what I mean. Are we talking retirement? Are we talking about somebody taking a backseat at the point guard role? We talking about the 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 brand of basketball that he's played. Is that over? Or is CP three still can go on this NBA <coughs> still being one of the the most viable point guards in his league. CP3 career is definitely not over yet um, because if you look at his skill set and the way he plays the game, it's not based off athleticism. So even though Father Time is catching up with him, Agreed. he can still play at a high level. Mm-hmm. The problem with Chris Paul is he just got some bad luck. <laughs> 
every year when he has a team that has an opportunity to compete for an NBA championship, he has some kind of injury, whether it's his hamstring, his finger, right, his knee, his foot, something. It's always been something that something. has derailed him from being able to move on in the postseason to get to the finals and, and be able to have opportunity to win it. Right. And Agreed. a report came out and said he was dealing with a quiet injury in that game seven. Right. And I don't know how true that is. Especially I, when I, he, I, he played with your Rockets. He had the hamstring in it. And to me, that was the season. Yeah. And, that was the and, season. And I know that in that game seven, he did not look like himself. I know that. He only shot the ball eight times. And he wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't ultra-aggressive like he usually is. Correct. Uh. The Suns will be a fool to move on from Chris Paul because you're not you're not the number one team in the NBA if Chris Paul is not your point guard. You're not in the NBA Finals last year if Chris Paul is not your point guard. What the Suns need to do going into this offseason, they need to add another playmaker. And that's why the Warriors are so damn good because you got Steph and you got somebody like Jordan Poole. So now you got two people that could make plays off the bounce and it puts so much pressure – on the defense. On the defense. Now, if 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 yep. stuff goes out the game and then Jordan Poole comes in, you still got somebody that could be a playmaker. Nigga, now, nigga, you, you got both of them in the game at the same time. It's, a lot. it's really a problem. And both of them can shoot the ball at a high level. That's what the Suns need to do going into the offseason. Go find another playmaker that can make plays off the bounce and be a playmaker. And I think they'll be all right. And then you won't have so much of the – the the pressure on CP on yeah. trying to distribute the basketball, right? Trying to be a facilitator, trying to run the show mm-hmm. and score the ball and make clutch shots. If you get another playmaker in the building, somebody like a Jordan Clarkson, uh, yeah, you know, to come in and, and, and help. I think that'll really Ooh, help. To the me, Suns. he's one of the best six mans in, ba- in yeah. basketball. Yeah, I think that'll really Without help the Suns. I think that'll really help the Suns going forward. Or look, throw some money at, at, at Brunson. You know, because I don't, I don't think Dallas is going to give him the money he wants. You know, I, throw some money at Brunson, man. See if you can bring Brunson in um, with the Suns next year. Because the, and the Suns going to have a lot of question marks going into this offseason. Are you going to give DeAndre B- eight in that bag? Are you? I, I'm torn. They got a, they you got, and I, they got you and I, in. you and I have had this conversation about Aiden, and you believe he's a star, and I don't believe he's a star. Yeah, I don't think he's a superstar. I think he's, he's a star. star. Yeah, and. and We've had these these conversations about about Aiden, and to me, you his you have to give Aiden the money. Let me tell you why. And I've been back and forth about this, but you got to do it. There's not that many centers in the league. Mm-hmm. We obviously Jokic, Embiid are the top are, are the best of the best, right? Right. Once you get past that, you got Carl Anthony Towns, mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert. I, I would say Valanciunas with the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Aiden, mm-hmm. you don't have, Capella. I, Capella you could probably name 10 centers in, in all of basketball in terms of centers. But th- the thing is that, that has to be alarming is when Monty Williams came out and said, when they asked him why he only played 17 minutes in the game, he said it's something internal. And so that that's a red flag. Agreed. But so there's something going on internally with Aiden and either Monty Williams or the team, his teammates. I don't know what exactly it is, but – it doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. The thing is that with Aiton is that he's an extremely good center. The difference is, I think, even my expectations, I expect dominance, and he wasn't. Dallas doesn't have a center, and and I was looking at the rebound, and I'm like, dude, he should be – He there's not a game that he should not have 13, 14. Yeah, but he only played 17 minutes in game seven. But the, what, about the, what about the first six games? He wouldn't he, – 
he wasn't a dominant in the interior. You know what I mean? He played six. He played 17 minutes in game seven, but shit, he played 30-plus minutes in the rest of them. And so I think that Phoenix is handicapped to give Aiden the money. I mean, I, you, it's either you give him the money or you got to move him. I mean, he averaged a double-double this year. I'm, I'm not 17 and 10. Right. I'm so, just, I mean. But I'm talking about in the playoffs. He's 20, and he's 23 years old. That's what I'm saying. He, he's a young player, so you you you're almost at the you almost have to pay him. You have to, you got to give him the but money. You, but you can't give him a, 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 a supermax. I mean, you I could, don't even know if he's eligible for the supermax. No, but I think he, whatever he, max I think he offered for the max. He, you got to give him the max. He's eligible for the max. I don't think he's eligible for the supermax. I mean, he's he's 23 years old. You're gonna have to offer the max, and because there's not that many centers in basketball, yeah. you're gonna have to do that. Yeah. And I mean, if the Suns don't give him that money, the Suns are gonna be. Uh, Taking a step back, a bottom seven, eight team in the West. In the West, so if you, you lose, so so you 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 talking about going six or seven spots back in the in the Western Conference? You can't afford that. Yeah, but do I think CP three career is over? He his career as a point guard is not over. His career as a as a star point guard it's over. And what I mean by star, I mean asking CP three to play thirty five minutes, asking CP three to play these level of minutes mm-hmm. that's over i think that's fair i think that's fair that's but, over but without cp3 on this team going forward the sons are done i'm not disagreeing with that the but sons a, are done i just but, put but, that out there but we got to deal with the realities of father time if you're still going to ask cp3 to go out here and give you 34 35 minutes regular season and plus postseason He's not going to be healthy enough to be an effective. But that's player. why I say if they can add another playmaker to this roster, now CP3 instead of paying instead of playing, I, I don't know how many games he played this year. Let me see. Uh, Chris Paul played. He played 65 games this year. Right. So that's a lot. It's a lot. So instead of him playing 65, maybe he played 55. Right. You know what I mean? And instead of him playing, he averaged 32 minutes a game. So instead of playing thirty-two minutes, maybe you could drop that, that down to 28, 28. 28. Right, that's what I'm saying. You got to get him under thirty minutes a game. Yeah, you you get do, it. if you do that, you, but you got to add another playmaker. You got to add another playmaker. And look, what Patrick Beverly said about CP3 was very disrespectful. I think Patrick Beverly, you know, that's that's something that that's personal. Yes, that's something personal um, between him and CP3, and for him to come on TV and be that belligerent and that ignorant. When I say I'm not saying he's ignorant, what he said was ignorant. They shouldn't even brought him back for the next day. I know it got him a lot of ratings. Yeah, and a lot got, of people was tuned. He, he moved. In, but, gee, I had to tune that. The bomb went for bad, bad. But, but, but I had popcorn. Get my but, popcorn ready. But, but he moved the needle. But sometimes in sports, sports is opinionated. You Agreed. got an opinion. I got an opinion. That's what makes sports so beautiful. But Agreed. it's about perspective too. Right. All right. Sometimes you say stuff I don't agree with, but I, I I understand and respect your perspective. Correct. Which Patrick Beverly said on TV the other day about CP3. It was a personal. It came I from do personal. not respect. His perspective at all. It, it, if I was having a conversation with him, I would have had to walk out the room because that's how bad, that's how terrible of a take that was. What he said about CP3, you know, he went along the lines of saying the only reason CP3 good and the only reason he got the numbers is because these franchises gave him the keys to the. To he the put team. the he put the work in. He put the work well, in. Well, duh, Patrick duh. Beverly, they gave him the keys because he's really, 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 really good. Really good. Here's the problem. The hell you the, think about the the issue I have with Patrick Beverly is that the way he spoke about CP3, he spoke about him as if as a totality of the career. If he's just talking about CP3 in terms of this series, he ha, he had uncharacteristic things, and to me, that's this would go this would goes back to the minutes. 
I think game four, he fouled out. He had like five points. He had six fouls. He played like – he had four fouls in the first half, I think, in game four. Uh, then game three, he had seven turnovers in the first half. You know what I'm saying? So there were some things that caused the Dallas Mavericks to win, and CP3 alone has some uncharacteristic things. But this, to me, all tributes to age. To me, Patrick Beverly was not talking about the current player. He was taking his shots at the guy throughout a career. And I'm like, listen, this is a nine-time all-defensive player. Don't, don't, don't call that man a cone. That's disrespectful. This guy's arguably one of the best guys in terms of steals, in terms of defensive player for the point guard position of all time. You're being disrespectful. You're going very far. You're going far. And because he's not maybe the on-ball defender you've become, that's how you had to become a player in this league. And that's a great thing, right? We won't take that from him. But to isolate him and try to make him seem like he's a cone, he doesn't, you're taking it too far. It was good for TV. But do I do think that – do I, well, I will agree with him was I do think Monty had to switch some things up with CP3. I do think he had to find a way to shorten some of his minutes because on the, Dallas was attacking him. They was. And I think, with that being said, I think Cameron Payne is not Chris Paul. Chris Cameron Payne wasn't going to come out there and no. do what Brunson did, nah, does for nah, Dallas and nothing nah, like that. No, nah. Cameron Payne <coughs> Street trying to come out there and get a bucket. He's not about to run the show. He's not about to get people involved and facilitate no right. things. He's, he's trying to find his shot. And to me, Dallas didn't really – Phoenix Suns doesn't have a player when you take Chris Paul out that's going to do – Anything near the stratosphere, what Chris Paul can do. So you gotta, you, you gotta win, and you gotta lose with him. And Dallas put it on show. You know, they they showcased it they, every time they got the pick and roll with CP3, whether it was Bronson, whether it was Dinwiddie, whether it was Luca, they attacked him. And so, am I trying to understand Patrick Bell to some degree? Yeah. Do I think Monty should have made an adjustment CP3? Yeah. But who was you gonna put in? Cameron Payne? Were you gonna put Tory with Craig in? You know what I mean? Yeah. What, what, where are you going? Yeah. The way the team was constructed is constructed of what CP can and cannot is either what he can do or he won't do. I'm gonna tell you, you know, moving on to the conference finals. Uh, what I what I noticed right off the the gate mm-hmm. with Steve Kerr did against Dallas in Oof. Game One, um, from a defensive standpoint, he threw three different bodies at him. You threw Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins at, him. at him. You threw Clay, Clay Thompson, Thompson at him. You threw Draymond Green, Green at, at him. Kaminga even got a little bit of it. Yep. And Kaminga's going to get more minutes in this series. And so he threw three different people at him. Then he switched up to a matchup zone. Then he went boxing he one a few times. <laughs> he kept it. He kept switching, switching different defenses and different bodies on him almost every other possession or Correct. every two possessions. Correct. And when you do that, now you get a star player like Luka out of rhythm. Out of rhythm. And that's why you saw Luka kind of struggling the other night. Well, last night. Right. Because he was seeing different looks. And I think Steve Kerr did a great job. And I think he's going to continue that he'll, trend. He'll do it for the whole series. The rest of the series. And so. And I think when Luka finally catches up, it's too late. And then I thought, you know, last night, it was too much isolation basketball. Yeah. And I thought that really hurt Dallas. You know, Luka and them, they got away from. You know, a lot of ball movement and letting people touch it and then getting it back and getting, you know, getting that, that good flow. And I think that really hurt them. Right. They got to get back to what they did against Phoenix. Uh-huh. And that's moving the ball. Don't get me wrong. Luke is a great player. And you're going to have those trips down the floor where he's going to be like, man, watch out, man. Right. Like I'm in seven period gym and go one-on-one. Yeah. I get that. He did it against Wiggins a few times. Yeah, yeah. And I get that. And that's understandable. But you can't sustain that. Throughout a whole course of a game, especially against a good team like Golden State, right. it will catch up with you. Right. All right, so I think going forward, Jason Kidd should make an adjustment. I think he's gonna he's gonna 
be able to um, tweak some things and, right. and understand, look, when they throw clear at you, try this. When they throw Andrew Wiggins at you, try this. When they run this matchup zone and when they try to um, do boxing one, we're going to do this. He, Jason Kidd should have a counter for what they did. But it all comes down to this. And I said it once they beat the Suns. I got the Warriors in five. Jason Kidd just did a phenomenal job with this team. Y'all, even, y'all don't have no business being in the conference finals. Right. Because the people on this roster, <laughs> the, the, the fact that you even in a game seven, seven. With, the, with the Suns last series was remarkable to me. Matt, Finney Smith, Reggie Bullock, Bullock. Uh, Powell, Powell, Kleber. I mean, <laughs> these guys ain't no world beaters by no stretch of the They're going to get one game at best. The, 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 the fact, the game fact of the matter is the fact of the matter is they don't have enough facts to, to go against Golden State. Golden they, State is just too loaded. They they move the ball. They play really good team right. ball. They play good defense. So, but at the, with that same token, Luke is a great player. Yeah, he could get you one. He could get you one. Luke is gonna get him one. Game three, game three, gonna so, get him one. Yeah, after that, yeah, I don't know what game is gonna be. But he's going to get on He's not winning nothing in San Francisco. We, they ain't going to bring out the brooms on Luka. Yeah. But they just don't have enough no, they don't. To, to, to make this a competitive uh, series for a whole seven games. It, it ain't going to happen. And, and to it add on what you're saying, G-Sports, here's, here's the biggest deal. If you watch game one right now, and the stat line would tell you the biggest stat that jumped out to me by Golden State was the out-rebound in Dallas by 16 rebounds. You cannot play. Steph Curry had 12 rebounds itself. L- listen, though, you cannot beat the Golden State Warriors and not out-rebound these people. If you're not gonna out rebound Golden State, you're in a roller trouble. Cause yeah. there's three phases of winning. There's three phases of winning. I like to put it. That's when you play at your best, when you play good, and when you probably play average. Golden State didn't play their best last night. They played pretty good. Steph Curry had some uncharacteristic missed free throws. Start the game off. Dallas, if Golden State plays at their best and Dallas plays at their best, Golden State's gonna win. The only way I can see Dallas winning. A game, a lot along the series, Golden State would have to play very average, and Dallas would have to play at their best on any given night, or at least be very good, mm-hmm. right? Because Golden State playing very good to me, Dallas would have to play at their best to even have a shot. They, they, Dallas is very guard heavy with no center. Powell is not really a center, and the way Golden State was rebounding, if to me they, they're gonna they're gonna rebound that way throughout this series, and not believe that because of what they did to Memphis in terms of rebounding. They out-rebound Memphis in the, most of the games they play, and Memphis led the league in terms of rebounds. That's the problem. And when you got guys like Jordan Poole and you got Steph Curry who are going to be moving in and out of screens and having y'all to also play defense, it's going to be tough on y'all because y'all going to have to try to beat them on both ends of the floor. And that's not Dallas the Mavericks' strength. It's just you, I, you don't belong here. You, 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 you extended the series beyond measurables against Phoenix. And you got here. But this is where the buck ends. Luka gives you a game. And I give him that because he's a great basketball player. But all this is done with all these underachieving players and, and, and Reggie Bullock and, and that is Finley Smith and all these underachieving players. All this overachieving. Over, overachieving, play, overachieving players. They overachieved this year in terms of players. They overachieved. They just don't have enough. They don't have enough. And that, and that includes Jalen Brunson. Which I think is a very good, solid good player. He won't get a bag. He'll get a bag. He'll get a bag. Earned it. Yeah. But as it turns out right now, overachieving. Listen, this is all coming. And it, it doesn't make Golden State some powerhouse or they can't be beat or nothing like that. It's just they don't have enough. 
Now, if there's some if there's some injury in this series where it could change some things, but if I don't see any injuries in this series to like a to somebody who could help defend Luka Doncic, like a Andrew Wiggins, not that Andrew Wiggins is the world beater, but I'm talking, he, that's a body they're gonna put at him. You know what I mean? If something like that don't happen, they're, they're not gonna win this and series. And I thought, you know, I thought a telling stat. And it goes back to what I was saying when we first started this segment about I thought Dallas played too much isolation basketball, and that's why they got down by so much. Dallas only had 12 assists as a team. As a team. Golden State at 25. Ball movement. You cannot expect to beat a good team like Golden State with 12 assists as a team. That's too much one-on-one isolation basketball. And be out-rebound in addition to that. And then when you talk <laughs> about people like Looney and Wiggins – what they did defensively and uh, the 50-50 balls and the scrappy plays that they made, yeah, that was a big difference in the game. So, you know, Golden State, I just love the makeup of their team, man. You, you got, they got players that's rugged and grimy right. and tough. Right. And then you got players, that you got playmakers like Jordan Poole mm-hmm. and Stealth. You got the shooting. Right. They just have enough to be able to take a team out. Take a team out. And it could get ugly quick. And so yep. that's why, you know, my pick has been since the start of the playoffs. Golden State. Golden State winning it all. I had them going against the Bucks. Unfortunately, Chris Middleton getting hurt messed up that pick. But the Warriors, I, if, if the Warriors play their best game, mm-hmm. and Dallas, Boston, or the Heat play their best game, Golden State. Golden State wins. And, no. that's just, and that's just what it is. And if you can't see that, then I don't know what you're watching. Now, speaking about these. Jimmy Buckets come out the game one with 41. My apologies, Jimmy Buckets, last week's show. My apologies. Oh. I told you the heat, baby. I told you the heat. It's one game. Told you the heat, baby. It's one game. Told you the heat, baby. It's one game. You, you seen the block let me, let me, by Bam. Let me start this you off. seen the block by Bam. Let me start this off and say this. Jimmy Butler is very unappreciated. Yes. And that goes, that includes me. <laughs> I've always thought Jimmy Butler was a really good player. I even thought, he, I, even, I always felt like he was a star in his league. But what he has done in his playoffs and what he has done with his Miami Heat franchise yes. has been very, very impressive. Correct. You got to give him his flowers. Um, he, he, he steps up to the task night in and night out. out. And what people don't understand about Jimmy Butler is, this man doing it on both ends of the floor. Correct. Do you know how hard it is to stick the, the, the other team's best player? Yeah. Give them problems, lock them down, mm-hmm. and then go on the other side of the court and give somebody 30, 40 points? Yep. Man, that's that's not that's that's rare. Rare. That's rare. Yeah. And that's what makes Jimmy that's what makes Jimmy Butler different. That's what makes him unique. Heat, that's why the Heat are in the conference finals, and that's why they don't want nothing. Yeah. Unfortunately, they won't win this series. Oh, the disrespect. Marcus Smart can't help him. When Marcus North. Smart <laughs> and Al Horford come back. Won't matter. That lane going to get tight? No. Is, is that lane going to get a little more open? Because when Horford's on the floor, he can spread you out. He can take your big out there by the three-point so line. So, bam, make get that block. And now, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Marcus Smart, now they got a little more room to work with to get in that lane. The second part of it is this. Tatum was on the ball majority of the game. Yeah. That's Marcus Smart's job. 
And if anybody watches basketball and if you play the game, yeah. you understand how this game goes. When you got to be on the ball for the majority of the game, it just takes so a lot much out of energy out, out of you. It takes too much out of you. It just, it, it, it's so much. Too it much takes a toll on you throughout a game. It takes too much out of you. And that's what happened to Tatum. He, he had a good game, but Marcus Smart is usually the one setting people up, being a playmaker, getting hidden Tatum in his spots. Mm-hmm. Tatum didn't have that luxury in game one. And so when Marcus Smart comes back, I don't know if they, they say it's still, they still, him and Hoff are still questionable. Right. But when Marcus Smart comes back, not only is he going to help them out defensively, but offensively, he's yeah, going to help them out tremendously because now Tatum can be off the ball. Right. And now he can be more fresh. And he could come off them down screens, catch the ball, get in triple threat. And, and you can't just load up on him as much as you can when he's running the point. So I think the Boston is still in good position. Uh, they played a really good game except that third quarter. Yeah, the third quarter. Oh, yeah. They, 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 they ran them off the floor. Off the floor. <laughs> like, it think, was like 39 to 15 I, or something like that. I think Boston is the better team. Um, I think that it's not going to be easy. But I think Boston winning this, this series in seven. I got the Heat winning at seven. Obviously, Kyle Lauer is not back for the Heat. I think when he gets back, he's going to make some make the Heat a much dangerous team. Nothing against a guy like Vincent. Nothing against Victor Oladipo. Nothing against those guys. But when Kyle Lauer comes back, the playoff experience, being an NBA champion, knowing what to do on the floor, bringing that presence to the team, it does a lot. What I do like about Boston, though, I'm watching Grant Williams. And to me, he's becoming their glue player. He's becoming what I call what Draymond Green is to Golden State. They're not the same kind of guy, but I'm talking about that glue player, the guy who's going to be vocal, the guy he could look at somebody and say, hey, look, bro, you're not playing your job, you're not doing your assignment, we need to get it together. You, I'm watching what Grant Williams is doing, and I'm like, listen, you need a guy like that in your team. I love everything about him and his play. He's showing it on the court. He's showing it inside the huddles. You got to have a guy like that. Now, to me, Miami wins because it's just the shooting. It's the way they can spread the flow. Now, they got some inconsistent players that be on the floor, a.k.a. Tyler Hero, but... Inconsistent? He's sporadic. What, they, they, what you watching? He's sporadic. No, he ain't sporadic. Some nights he can go out there and give you 30, and some nights he can give you 10. It's sporadic. Tyler Hero is it's, the second best player on the Miami Heat. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that... What you saying? It's sporadic. It's not... He gets the shots, but at sometimes there's some nights when it's not falling. He don't give you something else on that team. He had twenty. No, he had eighteen. I'm not. One. I'm not saying he don't play. I'm not saying he don't ball. Well, what you saying? What you saying? I'm saying he's sporadic. It's some nights he's Tyler on. Tyler Hero gonna give them fifteen or more night in and night out. Some nights he. I've seen nights he he give them ten. He, I, he averaged twenty. Yeah, off the bench. You six man of the year. I'm not saying that. So if you sporadic, you ain't winning six man of the year. He's sporadic. 20 a game ain't sporadic. Off the bench, that ain't sporadic. He's sporadic. And to me, when he's not playing his basketball and those shots are not falling, he's not doing something else that that team needs him to do. And so I'm still expecting something from him when the shots are not falling from Tyler Hero. Man, if you you tell me that if if a guy off my bench only plays 25 minutes Mm -hmm. and he's going to give me 18 points, I'm taking that all day and tomorrow. And Tyler Hero is tough. That's a different type of white boy right there, no? I don't disagree. He wired different. He wired right. different, no? He's bright. He's tough. Right. He, made, he, 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 he he not afraid of the moment. Um, He got good length. He's athletic. He be he, he smart on defense. Tyler Hero. Watching too much Birdman, man. Tyler Hero is the second best player on the Heat. I know people. some people might say Bam. 
I think it's Bam. I think Bam is their most important. I think Bam's the second best player. But he's not. He's not more. He's he's not a better player to me than Tyler Hero. <sighs> Tyler Hero could put the ball on the floor and he can score. That's something he has better than Bam in terms of being a center. But in terms of offensively and defensively, Bam is the second Tyler best. Tyler Hero not bad defensively. No, he's not bad not, at all. He's not a scrub, but he's not a great defender. But he's he good enough. He, like I say, you know, he's sporadic. <laughs> he's sporadic. <Good> <laughs> um, but if Tyler Hero continues to play at a at, at an excelling level in this series, it offsets what Jalen Brown does. And that's the part that I, the reason why I have the Heat winning, because if he can still play at a very high level, it offsets what Jalen Brown does. Now we're leaving it up to guys like Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, and I think Miami has enough supporting cast around them. I think Grant Williams only had six points in that game one. Right. It, to me, Miami has a better supporting cast than, than, than Boston in terms of that. That's why I have Miami winning the series. So I get why anybody will pick Boston. But if, when Tyler Hero plays at that kind of level, it offsets what Jalen Brown wants to do. And obviously Jimmy Butler and what Tatum do, they offset each other. Now you leave it up to the supporting cast. And I just like Miami supporting cast better than those guys. And plus, when we add coaching into the factor on the court, I have Eric Spolcher over Udoka who will make the adjustments. That's my reason for picking the Heat. But this is going to be a great series. Yeah, seven games. Seven I, got, games. I got I got the Celtics games. in seven, and I got the Warriors in five. I got the I got the Heat in seven, and yeah, I got I got I got I got Golden State in five. I got two hundred dollars on that series too to pick Golden State. Somebody actually better me almost five hundred dollars. I should have took it. Damn. Can't, Ooh, that's a sucker bit. Yeah, can't find dummies like that. Oh. Um, Moving on, last segment, G Sports. First overall, baby. Orlando Magic is on the clock. Yep. Followed by Oklahoma City. Then after that, we got your Rockets, baby. Then the list goes on and on. Eight, my, my Pelicans got the eight pick. G Sports, who goes first overall in this upcoming draft? I mean, they projecting Chet Hong when they go number one. Ooh. You know, to the Orlando Magic, I think that could be a mistake. Me too. Uh, I'm just not Me a too. Chet Holmgren fan. Thank I'm you. Just not. I'm just not. I think he's a he's a good player. Uh, I do think he can have a, a a spot on somebody's roster and contribute and help a team. But I don't I think don't, he's I, first overall, but I don't think he's a franchise player. Yeah. I don't I think just, he's a first I overall just, player. I just don't think he's a he's that type of player. Uh, you know, I'm torn between Jabari Smith and, and Paulo Banchero from Duke. Uh, Jabari Smith, the kid out of Auburn, Auburn. 16, could put it on the floor, a uh, two-way player. Uh, he, he, is, he is one of the best prospects um, that we've seen probably in the last two or three years coming to, to come in the draft, in my opinion, as far as when you talk about complete player. Yeah. Um, but I think Jabari Smith or Paul, uh, Paulo Benchero should be going number one. It should be out of them two. It shouldn't be Chet Holmgren. But, you know, that's what the Magic probably going to end up doing. Uh I'm just hoping Banchero falls to my Rockets. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. It's not happening, G. Man, if he falls to my Rockets, watch out. Him and Jalen Green with Kevin Porter, yeah. Eric Gordon, Christopher, we're going to have a nice young nucleus down there in Houston. With Christian Wood. Let me say, you still got Christian Wood? Still got Christian Wood. I think I need to move Eric Gordon, though. Not that Eric Gordon bad, but he's a veteran yeah, player. He didn't yeah, know in the situation. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a bunch of young guys. The Rockets are going to be really, really set up if we can get Banchero at number three. So, so we'll see. Not happening. We'll see. But I do think Jabari Smith um, is the best player in this draft. I think I got him by a small margin over, over Paulo Banchero. But, uh, you know, the Magic, they haven't came out and said 
that they know who they're picking number one, but that's what the projection saying. That's what Correct. that was Jay Billers and all the analysts are saying that the Magic are going number one. Um, when you talk about the Pelicans at their eight spot, every, all the reporters and the insiders for the Pelicans are saying they're going to pick AJ Griffin from Duke. Don't get me wrong. I think AJ Griffin is a really good player. I told you this a couple weeks ago. He's one of the best scorers in the draft. Nice size at six six. Could knock the mid range down. He's a knight. He's a really good lockdown two-way player. Two way player. I'm gonna tell you what I think the Pelican, Pelicans should do if he falls to number eight. They need to pick Jalen Durant from Memphis. <laughs> Memphis. <laughs> and this is why Pelicans fans. This is why. And I'm not even a Pelicans fan. I'm a Rockets fan. But right. I root. I don't root against the Pelicans. Right. If they're the home they're team. The home team. But this is why I say they should pick. Jalen Durant if he falls to number eight. Right. Jackson Hayes is about to be up for a contract. Right. Yeah. Right? Jackson Hayes is going to get paid. Whether, Whether people understand it or not. Life, <laughs> yep. He's going to get some money thrown at him because yep. he's super athletic. He can switch on pick and roll. And, and he can we, run. And when you talk about today's game, when they're trying to put these bigs in these isolations and get them set up on um, matchups, on, on these point guards and these wings. He can defend it. Jackson Hayes does a great job. He might, he might be arguably the best, you know, uh, post the uh, player that could that could defend pick and roll right. in the league with right. that kind of size. Yeah. And when I saw him switch on pick and roll with Devin Booker and Chris Paul in that first round series, I was like, bro, this dude, this dude's special. He's special. Now, is he a, is he a gifted scorer? No, no he's he not. not. But that is a skill set that the NBA is looking for year in and year out. Correct. So I just, I think he's gonna get about a he probably gonna get eighty nine million thrown his way. So with that being and Duncan said, Robinson can get eighty nine million. No, he's a shooter, but yeah, he gonna get yeah, the same kind of contract. Yeah, and with that seventeen million a year. And also we gotta understand this: Valanciunas is getting paid a lot of money. All right, this is gonna be his third year with the Pelicans. I think this is his last year with the Pelicans. And if it is, now you got somebody like Jalen Durant to take his spot. Can you imagine Jalen Durant, Zion, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum? In your starting lineup, mm-hmm. that you got a lot of length, a lot of athleticism, and you got scoring. Jalen Durant can switch and pick and roll. Now, he's not as good as Jackson Hayes, but he can switch on pick and roll on some guards and be able to hold his own. And he's super, super athletic. He's a rim protector, and I think he has the potential to be a star in this league. So I think, you know, Trajan Langdon and, and, and David, David Griffin. Griffin need to really, really consider picking Durant if he's at that A spot over A.J. Griffin. I would say this much here. First of all, let's address the first overall pick. Uh, it's Ben Cheryl. Um, Orlando, you be making a mistake not taking him. If you don't take him, you should take Jabari Smith. But you be definitely making a mistake. Jabari Smith not going to fall to no damn eight. I say, I, I say I'm, I'm addressing the first overall pick first. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm about to see. Yeah. If you don't take Ben Cheryl, then you should take definitely Jabari Smith. But to me, I look at this, I look at this draft. It's all about fit. It's not so much who goes first overall to me. Smith and Vincero are 1A and 1B. I don't think that's a wrong answer, but I'm talking about in terms of fit and how I, to I think Jabari might be a, a, a tad bit better. He's, he's a little more twitchy. He's more twitchy. Yeah. So I, I don't disagree with that, but it's a 1A and 1B there. Yeah. And to me, the fit, the way the team is currently constructed would fit Vincero better than Jabari Smith. I think Jabari Smith really fits in Houston. I really do. I won't be. I, I, I think don't get me wrong. I, don't get me wrong. If, if we get him, I'm not going to be tripping. Yeah. But I, I, I think Benchiro, um I, I, I like how Houston is constructed. I think if you put Jabari Smith there, it it gives you another co star to eventually feature with Jalen with Green. But I 
Ventura could be a cool star too. I think he's gonna cool. I think he's gonna be the guy in Orlando. Orlando don't have the guy. Nothing against Jalen Suggs. Nothing. We know Cole Anthony is not it. We know Mo Bamba is not that. You know, Obama averages double double this, you know. I'm not saying that. I mean, I'm saying he's not solid, you know, but but he's not the feature player. Yeah. And I think Ben Chera is going to be the feature player there. I think Jarrah Smith works very great in Houston in terms of what they're building down there with Steven Silas. That leaves Chet to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I think Chet is Chet Holgren is better than Jabbar Smith. Hell no. Right. But in terms of where I would like to see him play, because you got to think about longevity. Those two guys, if they got drafted to Oklahoma City, the second they you know, put their talents on display, they out of there. I can't say the same about Chet. I think Chet would sound – he looks like one of those players wherever he gets picked and gets drafted, that he may be a homer. He may want to stay there the entire time. And that's what Oklahoma City is going to need. They're going to need a player that doesn't want to do what Kevin Durant did. If they become somebody. Ben Gerald and Smith, they become somebody now. They're going to a bigger market. I don't see that by Chet Hunger. Chet Hunger is like a player that they gets picked there in Oklahoma City, and he becomes some feature player in the NBA. The way his style said it to me, he got to put on a lot of weight, but that's no here no there. He, he he's a good offensive player, and he can defend. He just got to put a lot of pounds on. But I will say this though, Fred. Every, you know, and media, I think he's been in that market where he can grow. Right. Every media outlet that I've looked at: USA Today, SB Nation, CBS. Sports, it says Orlando. Bleacher Report. Uh, you know Yahoo Sports All of us uh, Sports Illustrated All of them have either Check going one Or two I have, and him, I have and him and Jabari Smith Flip flopping Yeah None of them have Benchero going one or two All of them got Benchero going three Which that means He's falling <laughs> To my Rockets baby Man listen Orlando got to be the craziest people in the world You 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 take Benchero Now check to me Fits in Oklahoma City And I think therefore He'd be in a small market Where he could develop his game And I'll take Jabari Third to Houston. That's to be the order. To me, I'm looking at fit. Those three guys fit in those three situations. That's how I think it should go. Now, after that, you know, the dominoes fall how they fall. Now, let's get to eight. I'm with you. I love A.J. Griffin. I watched him all year. He started off on the bench, became a starting role in Duke. He's a two-way player, and he's very scrappy. He can shoot the basketball. If I had to put a name on him as a comparison, I really would put uh, Jimmy Buckets. If I had to compare him to it like a player. But that's not what the Pelicans need. The Pelicans need a guy like Jalen Brunson in an event that Jackson Hayes get the bag. They need to prepare them. The so, Pel- you didn't, so you didn't switch up. You got to look at you gotta, you gotta get the situation. You know what you mean, G Sports. Oh, hey, hey. I look at hey, the money. Hey, look at hey, the money. Hey, hey, I got to start the money. My time you start listening to me. You leave got, bleach alone. Yeah. <laughs> I got, you got to look at the money. Jackson Hayes is going to get a payday. Yes. He's a 17 to $20 million player when the contract comes around. That's the Pelicans can't afford everybody. You got to understand it this way. Herb Jones was a second-round pick that's only a two-year deal. You're, yep. you're right around the corner having to pay him. Yep. They got away with uh, Alvarado by giving him that four-year extension because yep. he's an undrafted free. And you're free. about to get away with giving Zion that money. Yes. So you're not going to get it off Cause, the hook. Because if Zion, if they don't sign Zion this offseason, and yeah, they play it out, and Zion comes next season and kill it. Kill it. He's going to be eligible for the Super Max. And you got to pay it. And you got to pay it. So give him. His, what is it, 180, 70? Give it to him now. Man, that's a bargain. Bargain. Sign a check, that's move a bargain. on. Yeah. And so, you, as a small market organization or team, you cannot afford to have four max players. With, when, you, when you start looking at, uh, what that is, C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion, mm-hmm. and, and you're going to have what? A guy like 
Jackson Hayes getting 17, you can't afford it. It's a small market on the team. So you have to get Jalen – you have to get the kid of Memphis. You have to let him go. You can't afford it. Small market teams can't do it. Or or they could trade Jackson Hayes during the draft and get some assets for him. Correct. You know what I mean? You're dressing that, up front. That could be – you know what I'm saying? That, that could be because to me, yeah. Herb Jones is the guy that you would want to resign. Not, not, it's nothing against Jackson Hayes. No, it's just it's, what, it's what Herb yeah. Jones can do. Yeah. It's what Herb yeah. Jones can do. Yeah. Especially going forward, man. I mean, yeah. again, like I talked about, with Valanciunas, I think this should be his last year. The money he's getting paid, he's getting older. Don't get me wrong. Still yes. just player. If he doesn't want to take a pay cut, which he's probably not going to want to, you got to move. Now you got somebody like Jalen Durant, who is young, up and coming, who fits into the role, and you're under a rookie contract, and you can start building around there. Exactly. You have to deal with this economically. I'm looking at this position. I'm saying, I I love AJ Griffin. I'm sitting there saying to myself, yeah, I want him, but I'm saying to myself, I'm looking at the money. You're a small market team. You you can't you can't do what the New York Knicks or the Brooklyn Nets or the Los Angeles Lakers. You don't have. You can't. You can't do that. That's not your market. You can't. That's not how you're going. That's not how you're going to get anywhere. And one of the penalties to success on a young team is that you have to pay. Right. That's why it's so important that you rent under rookie contracts, whether it's football or basketball, because the penalties that you pay if they pay dividends. Uh, CJ McCollum is is already over twenty five million a year. Brandon Ingram's already 30, over thirty something million a year. We already know that Zion's getting the, the rookie max extension. That's coming due. Jackson Hayes is next up, and then you got to pay. Herb Jones, mm-hmm. you can't afford all that. You just can't. And so you got to have somebody in place in an event that one of these guys have to go because one of them going to go, who's next up? And you need somebody under a rookie contract that can play. That's why you take the kid out of Memphis, not A.J. Griffin. As much as I want to have A.J. Griffin. But you got to look at it economically. It's just the bottom line. That's just Brandon Barbin says Jackson Hayes reminds me of JaVel McGee 2.0. Valachunas is going into the Tyson Chandler like. Yeah. I would not touch him. No, this is Valachunas third year. No, with, that, with the Pelicans. This is Valachunas first year. He got Stephen Addison last year. No, this is not his first year. This is his second year, must be. No, Stephen, they got traded for Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams was here last year. Stephen Adams was the Pelican last sure year. You sure this Valachunas first year? First year. First year. I don't know this is first year. First year. Stephen uh, Adams was here last year. Stephen he, Adams, this is the first year Stephen Adams was it was in Memphis. He fits well and he's under a good contract. I would see if I could package Hayes number eight and other picks for number two if I'm the Pelicans. Why? Why? Mm-mm. Get Chet hungry? Boy, what? Boy, I want that little dude, boy. Nah. What nah. we do with Chet? Nah. No, no. And plus, Oklahoma City has way too many picks in these next five and six years. Yeah. Man, they do got like 17 first round picks. Yeah. I don't know what. I don't know what Stan Preston gonna do with all these picks. Yeah. I have no idea. Nah, stay at eight. Stay at eight. Stay part. And here's why you got to stay eight. You got to look at it economically. You move up to two, that salary, and that guy becomes something, it's this super max deal. If you stay at eight, you got to understand that you're a small market team. You cannot afford these expensive payrolls. Don't believe me? Go ask Portland when they were doing it a few years back and they wouldn't get in the playoffs or they're getting out in the first round. You can't afford it. You got to do this through the draft. You got to do this economically the best way. Jackson Hayes has made a name for himself, and I, and I applaud that man for the contract that he's about to get. But you can't afford it all. And you got to have guys. And the Pelicans has done seen like so far right now with the, with the guys like Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, Alvarado. It seems like they've done a very good job of getting guys who are second-round and undrafted players to come in and contribute to the team. So you take that method and you take this method here and you put it together. Some, 
Some players ain't gonna stay, yep. and it's not personal. It's just it's business. It's business. It's just business. I, so I I want AJ Griffin. I really do. But economically, it really does not make sense for the Pelicans to take AJ Griffin as much as I want him. I'm a, I'm a Duke fan, and I think he fits. But take a center. Before we go, uh, what's your take on what Nick Saban said about Jim Nick? You gotta be stopped. Nick, 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 you gotta be stopped. State Nick, you gotta be stopped. You gotta be stopped. You gotta be stopped, Nick. You gotta be stopped. And I don't like how when people can say something about Alabama and criticize Joe program, and no one can really have a test of water. But when you come out talking about what Jimbo has done over there and what Dion has done over there, it's disrespectful. It's just disrespectful. You got to be stopped, Nick. You can't confirm these allegations. Somebody, this man's got a million some dollar NIL deal, and and Jimbo has made sure he's he's paid the entire class and getting everybody an NIL deal. It's disrespectful, bro. It's disrespectful. Why you have to come out and say that? If you notice, every offseason, since he's been at, well, since he started winning championships at Alabama, Nick Saban comes out and says something controversial every seat, every offseason. Yeah. He going to say something to get people blood pumping. That's going to have it all over social media, all in the headlines. That's what he do. That's what he do. And to be honest with you, bro. Pull a cord, man. Get, get his mic. To be honest with you. Pull his mic. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a publicity thing. So. You think you think Nick trying to get the, 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 the talk of college football back on front street? I think I think with Nick Saban, everything is strategic with Nick Saban. That we will agree. I, it's all, everything is calculated. I think he made that comment to put pressure on other schools. And make and look and and have people look at Alabama like okay y'all doing everything the right Wait, way, we. which nil is legal. Yeah, that's legal. Yeah, if you got businesses that want to pay these kids, that's, that's perfectly legal. legal. Right, right. Because anybody say nothing when 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 uh, what Bryce Young signed what they call like a million some dollar deal right last year before he even started before he won the Heisman. They, right. they was they was but, talking about that. But what Nick Saban is trying to the message that he's trying to get across, and you gotta you gotta really listen to him. He's trying to say, look, yeah, they're going to sell, they going, they going to get these kids and and they getting them these NIL deals, but are they winning championships? Are the kids going first round? Or do do they have twelve people on their on their team going get drafted year in and year out? That's what we doing, and so that's what he's trying. That's the picture he's trying to paint. But why you had to put Jackson State into it? If you want to take your shot because, at because I take your shot at Jackson State because he, anybody he anybody look before he went on before he did that interview. He probably asked his PR person, "Look, give me all, give me the numbers and how many players got NIL deals right. to these different schools, so I can talk about it on this interview." This all was planned out by Nick Saban. I'm telling you, he's trying to put pressure on other schools and take and, and make people say to themselves, "Okay, they weren't about NIL. They weren't, that's what that's what they focus on. Look, we focus on winning championships and we focus on putting our guys in the league going first round. That's what that's the picture he's trying to paint." But because that's what everybody's talking about now. Everybody's like, yeah, and them got all them kids and they signed them to these big NIL deals. But what has Jimbo really won? Yeah, yeah, uh, Deion got Travis Hunter and he got all these other kids in the transfer portal and got NIL deals. But they ain't even win the MEAC. I mean, the, uh, the, the championship game against South Carolina State. Right. So that's what he, that's the narrative that Nick Saban is trying to point into everybody. I'm up, uh, trying to push it to everybody. He's right. trying to get everybody to see, look, 
They doing all that. They giving them all that money to all these different players. And I'm still winning the SEC. I'm still winning the Natty. I'm still putting more people in the, in, in the draft. Yeah, but I'm why, still doing that. But, but here's the thing. Why you just can't give – I don't even want to use the word homage. Support to the kids that are getting those deals. You don't have to put the, the program. Jackson that, State that, is not about – you that know. That's how Nick Saban operates. Nick Saban wants to always be on the forefront. He wants Alabama to be the creme de la creme mm-hmm. of college football. Mm-hmm. And anytime anybody tries to take shed light on somebody else or take the shine from Alabama, he gonna come out and say something controversial to put the light back on Alabama. Just put the light back on Alabama. Why you got shed light? Away? That's that's just, what he do. That's what he do. <laughs> that's what he do. And I and to be honest with you, I don't really think he meant what he said. I think he just did that because he knew it was gonna reach the headlines. It's all strategic. And look, it worked. We talking about it. Listen, you got damn right. We, we talking, talking about, about it. Pull his goddamn mic. Listen, bro. You don't gotta bring up them programs, bro. You ain't gotta bring up. With um, Jimbo Fishers over there doing, which I do think he pretty much paid fourteen, but all the NIL deals over there, they got it right over there. Um, but if it doesn't result until you win in the SEC or win the championships, you're just all you're doing is just making Nick Saban look right. Why are you talking about Georgia then? Because Georgia not coming up with a whole bunch of NIL deals. I'm sure they have done NIL deals for some of these kids in these class in this past class, but and them reportedly. Gave every kid in their signing class for that 2022 class uh, an NIL, NIL deal. deal. Yeah. And so, all Nick Saban trying to say is, look, you, 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 y'all going to play for somebody that can't even win. Winning seven, eight games a year. Man. I'm over here winning the natty or in the mix of winning the natty every year. All and he, I'm going to make sure you go first round. All he had to mention. That's what he's saying. He I'm do. not saying I agree with it. I'm just telling you what he's trying to paint. It's contradiction because his kid got an NIL deal. It's been reported his yeah, high quarterback but got an NIL deal. But he said he said that total out of all his players, I think it totaled up to like $2.4 million. Right then. What's but, the problem? But, they get, they get, you, he, he made it seem like NIL ain't but, happening in Alabama. But majority of that came from Bryce Young. Right. So a lot of them players on Alabama don't have NIL deals. But he made it seem like there's no – the way he's speaking about it, he's speaking about it as if there's no kid at Alabama getting one. That's the way it came That's the way it came across. Like, no kid at Alabama getting an NIL deal. Why nah, nah, Why nah, we nah, have a job don't go nah, over there? Everybody in mama know Bryce Young got that deal. Oh, All right, then. All you got to do is focus on Alabama. Man, put Nick Saban Mike, next time. We're going to bring up somebody else in their program. And all, and all that. Stop, stop talking about them people, Nick. Nick trying to make sure he keep Bama – at the forefront, man. And whatever he got to do to do that, that's what he going to do. PR demon over there. Nick trying to get everybody feathers riffled and everything else. Boy, Nick, you got to be stopped. Got to be stopped. Strategic, I'm telling you. Calculated. That, uh, Calculated that, moves. That, that, that part I do agree well, I'm with. I'm Nick. You know, but it, it, who knows? I mean, you know, I do look at the college football this way. And I, and I give credit and homage to what Nick has done, but – we all move on. We all get old. I do question how long he can continue to do what he's done over the past at Alabama. Well, here's the thing. I think Saban understands that times are changing and yes. he has to evolve with the times. Yeah. And what he's going to do. Can't be bobbing about out here, baby. What he's going to do and what he's going <laughs> to continue to do. He's going to put people in place that understands this NIL space and understand how times have changed, and he's going to let them handle that. It's just like when, you know, 
10 years ago when, when he was at Alabama, all he wanted to do is run the ball 70% of the time. Yeah. And then he understood, like, man, things are changing. We, you know, we got to be able to throw the ball. We got to be able to get a good quarterback in. We don't throw the ball more. We're not going to get good quarterbacks. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt us when right. it's time to go play, you know, these, these Clemsons and these Georges of the world. Mm-hmm. Right? What did he do? When he got Lane Kiffin. Huh? He hired Loxley. All right? Yeah, he had Sarkeesian, too. Bill O'Brien. Sarkeesian. He went and got guys that particularly like to throw the ball majority of the time. And it has worked out for him. So, I think with this NIL thing, he going to just evolve with the times more. He going to get somebody in place that understands the NIL space. And I remember talking to Billy Napier, the head coach in Florida. I remember talking to Billy Napier last summer about this whole NIL thing. And he's been preparing for it when he was at UL. Mm-hmm. He had different speakers come and educate his players at UL before NIL even dropped. So mm-hmm. he's been on top of this. And what Billy Napier is about to do at Florida with that NIL space, he's about to take the college football world by storm. Billy Napier understands that you might not like the way things are changing. You might not like the way yeah. things are evolving into different spaces. Right. But if you don't change with you don't the times, you're going to get left behind. You're going to become Bobby Bowden. And Billy Napier is on top of that. And that's why I think Florida is in prime position to be one of the best teams in the country for the next 10 years. Right. Because Billy Napier is fairly young. He's 41. He understands, uh, you know, what he has gotten himself into. He underst- he really, really understands the business side of this. I think two coaches. And I think, that, that, I think you're going to see the Florida Gator uh, program. I benefited off. I, I, I think two programs are gonna really benefit from this NIL, and we're gonna get it right to wrap up. I think Billy Lee put down that floor is gonna is really gonna get it right. But I think the I know, I know that a lot of people don't like this, but the hiring of Lane Lane Kiffin, not Lane Kiffin, I'm sorry, um, Lincoln Riley mm-hmm. at USC. Yep. He's another one. He's another one. And making sure that because USC is such a prestigious program, you t- this it gets no better than Pasadena. I think he's going to get the NIL deal right over there, and he's going to really run the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. And when you're running the Pac-12, yeah, are, are they going to play elite competition throughout the regular season? No, but they're going to be on front street. Mm-hmm. And a team like USC with the prestige and, and, and that they have, you're not going to take a, a, a undefeated USC team, whether they play slap dicks or not, right. <laughs> and say if they, don't win the big, if they win the Big 12 and they're undefeated, that they're not going to be in that college playoff. Right. They're going to be in there. Right. And I think a lot of that is going to test to what Lincoln Riley does. And I think he's going to get the NIL deal right and start attracting a lot of young kids to come to South, South, um, South, um, shit's in my head, come to Southern California. Right. And that's just what it is. Now, the only question is can Crystal Ball get it down there right in Miami? Crystal Ball going to get it right too. And if Crystal Ball gets it right down in Miami, because Crystal Ball and, <laughs> and, and Billy Napier, they, they really joined at the hip. They really, really tight. And they have been sharing ideas with each other about you right. know, this NIL and, and how they're going to evolve their programs. Yeah. If those two programs can get it right, I, I think Florida's going to get it right. Yeah. But if definitely, if definitely if Miami and definitely if USC can get those two things right, it's going to change how college football is because of those two programs, the, the areas and what they attract in terms of players, players want to be there just because of the environment that's around them. If they get those things right and get those kids performing on the football field, we're going to see some changes in college football back to what we used to see similarly in the early 2000s. If they can get it right. You know, we used to see USC be part of the pro, being part of the powerhouses and we used to see Miami back in the early 2000s and before that be a part of the 
be a part of these national championship and, conversations. And, and that was part of the reason. I'm gonna say this before we before we uh, go ahead and, and wrap the show up. That was part of the reason why I thought LSU should have hired Billy Napier because I, I knew this NIL thing was gonna be a big deal in college Absolutely. football, and it's gonna play a big part. Absolutely, into you being able to get players. Yes, right. And so, not that I don't think Billy, um, that I think Brian Kelly is not a good coach. And I don't think he deserves the job at LSU. I just thought Billy Napier, with him being 41 and him being ahead of the game. Correct. With the NIL, that he was going to be he was gonna be able to position LSU into a situation to where they're not going to be catching up. They're going to be already ahead. Correct. And that's what Florida's doing. Watch and see in the coming years and even going into this year, Florida is going, is going to be one of those teams that we look back and say, man, they, were, they got a top three recruiting class every year. Every year. And, and, and listen, the reality is this. The NIL is part of recruiting. It ain't going nowhere. It's, 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 it's part of your recruiting class now. It's how you have to recruit. Your NIL got to be right. We had Rohan Davey on here you know, a couple of months back. Your, or your, your NIL got to be right. Mm-hmm. And if your NIL ain't right, it's going to affect your recruiting yep. moving forward. And I think Billy Napier that were at Florida, I think Cristobal down there in Miami, and I think Lincoln Riley over there in USC – if they get those things right, it's going to change some of the landscape of college football that we're used to seeing. Um, I think teams like Clemson will still be prevalent, but they're going to start taking some back seats. Uh, I think Ohio State will be fine. That, that includes my that, that includes Ann Auburn, baby. Yep. Jim Harbaugh, you, you, you better get them right. That's our show, guys. Fan View Live, Real Fans Talk Sports. Again, subscribe to us if you're on Facebook. Subscribe to us if you're on YouTube. Subscribe to us if you're on Twitter, Fan View Nola. Also on IG, it's Fan View, it's Fan View Live. Uh, don't forget to follow G Sports. All over social media platforms. If you're on Twitter, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, IG, wherever you go. Don't forget to subscribe to us if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you're on Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can find us on every social media platform, every other uh, Podcast platform out there, we're we're there. And big shout out to to Jamie Vance yep. coming in the building. Yep. Greedy, yep. greedy is what they call him, baby. I'm, I'm looking forward to week one, baby. Oh yeah, LSU, Florida State. It's gonna be a big time down there in, in, in New Orleans. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. That's our show, guys. Let's fan view live again. Subscribe, like the page. See us each and every Thursday for 12 p.m. It's that boy Fred. G Sports Man signing out. out. My bad, Jimmy Butler. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I'm sorry. Miami Heat, baby. Miami in seven. Not worrying about Boston, man. Boston in seven. And I hope you got clues.